Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. In January of 2000, I was a college freshman at Susquehanna University. I was 18 years old. I was on a second date with Dan Zapp, who was a college freshman at Carnegie Mellon University. My mom had a suggestion for us to just maybe walk around my town, go down to the, go down to the marina. Dan and I, uh, we just stopped and we're talking. We started picking up some stones and trying to skip some stones. Well, as we were there, there was a, uh, a red pickup truck came up and uh, st stopped by us. And out comes this guy and he pulls a, um, a dog out, Rottweiler. He was asking us if we needed a ride and we, of course, you know, politely declined. He seemed normal. He got back in his truck and as we continued walking, um, the truck, this guy must have turned his truck around behind us um, and he comes up next to us off to our right and blocks our path. He immediately comes out of the truck with a gun pointed at us. He pointed it right at us and said, get in the effing truck, and he was dead serious. At that moment, I felt like I had entered a nightmare. It seemed completely unreal. I remember Dan next to me was just saying, I, um, here, take my wallet, take my, um, I have, here, here are my keys, my car, I can give you my car, there's a laptop in my car. Just started offering like him all these things or whatever, and he's like, no, I don't want those things. Get in the truck. It felt like we were driving 
forever. It felt like an eternity. At this point, this guy was just, you know, ranting and raving. He was just at it, acting crazy, completely crazy. We just didn't want to be hurt, so of course we were just saying, you know, we'll, whatever, whatever you want us to do, you know, we'll do that. Just please, just let us go. He eventually turned left onto this dirt road. The three of us were standing there next to his truck, um, the river's in front of us, and he's kind of like pacing back and forth and, you know, has the gun in his hand. And to emphasize his points, he would like shoot the gun, um, shoot, shoot the gun towards the river. Like, I don't know what to do, bang. You guys have seen my face. What am I gonna do with you guys, bang. When I first heard the gunshot go off, bang, it became more serious, bang. This guy really has the potential to end my life. I thought we were both gonna die. hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected, including when home appliances break down. An American Home Shield warranty can restore your sense of security. It's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it. Right now, you could take 20% off. Go to ahs.com slash 48 to save 20%. That's ahs.com slash 48 for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. American Home Shield, don't worry, be warranty. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I just kept thinking about, okay, well, you know, what can I say to calm this guy down? He was just acting crazy. We could tell that he was really frustrated and agitated and really getting worked up. I just remember huddling next to Dan during that time. When he was shooting his gun, he was shooting it into the river. It was almost as though he was doing it to scare us, and it did. <laughs> And then eventually he told 
me to get back in the front of the truck, and he um, had Dan get in the back with the dog. And I remember sitting in the front of the truck, and he comes in, and he comes into the side, and there we are again, just sitting in the same spot again. Him in the driver's seat, and me in the passenger seat, and I had no idea what to expect next. As we were sitting there and waiting, he looks over at me and he says, so, you said you'll do anything. And right in that instant, I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I knew right then that I was going to be raped. And I kind of just nodded my head. I didn't want to die. And I definitely did not want Dan to die because of me. So, um, he did. He raped me. He, uh, he took his gun and he kind of pointed it down for us to, he said, go. Go walk down there, to, which would be walking down towards the river. So Dan and I, you know, grabbed a hold of one another and we started walking down towards the river. And um, I was praying that he had gotten what he wanted from me, you know, that he was going to, to let us go. And then I heard the gun go off again. And then I saw Dan fall down. And he fell down right in front of me. There was blood coming out of his mouth. And I knew that if Dan had gotten shot, I was gonna get shot, I was next. I mean, I immediately kneeled down. And Dan and I we said, I love you, and we said goodbye to each other. And everything just went black. I don't remember feeling any pain, but I just remember feeling like a lot of pressure in my head. The next thing I remember is waking up and I was in the river and my whole body was just, I guess, numb. Like I really just couldn't feel anything at all. And I kept, um, I was spitting out things, you know, so I figured I had been, I had been shot in the head, shot through the mouth. In that moment, I, I prayed with more faith than I have ever had in my whole life. And I just said, please, dear Jesus, just take my soul. Soon after that moment is when um, I spotted Dan 
I remember when I, when I saw him just being, you know, just, oh my gosh, Dan's alive, and just trying to get towards him with like everything I could. And I eventually got to Dan and I grabbed hold of him so tightly. And we, were, we looked back at shore where we had been and we saw this guy um, just standing there staring at us. I mean, the gun was still in his hand. And I remember Dan saying to me that, well, if we just, you know, if we just play dead, if we just, you know, don't move and just kind of float down, he'll just think we're dead and he'll leave. And eventually, you know, we kept watching him and we watched him get back in the truck and leave. If I did not have Dan there to guide me, I don't know, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, he, w he was put there to save my life in that river. I was sitting in my truck and uh, looked upstream and uh, I saw two objects coming. I saw that it was two people. And when they got down to me, I stepped in the water and uh, reached out and got a hold of his hand and pulled him into shore. And then I saw that they were both shot in the head. At that point, neither one of them could talk. They were shaken violently. I had to get help at that point. And it happened a car coming down there, and I stopped them. And I told them what happened. And I said, you got to go uptown here and get help. Dispatch 27, can I help you? Yes, uh, I'm down in uh, where the gut road starts. There's two young teenagers down here shot. At that time, he started to bleed very bad. And uh, he couldn't talk. Uh, the blood was choking him, and he just couldn't talk. I thought they'd be lucky if they can make it. If you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Don't waste time on apps that don't work. Babbel's conversation-based teaching prepares you for real-life situations. And studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash truecrime. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash truecrime, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash truecrime. Rules and restrictions may apply.
It was the evening of January 8th. I had a phone call that Danny's been shot in the face. I went, opened the drawer on the way out the door, and I picked up a photograph that I carried in my lap uh, with a cell phone. I wanted part of her with me, and the photograph was the first thing that I was able to find. And uh, I clutched that and, and kept that uh, uh, with me talking to the photograph from Harrisburg to, uh, to York Hospital. During the drive down, uh, I could only pray that she would be okay. Uh, I had no idea if, uh, if I was gonna ever see Danny, <laughs> Danny alive again, would ever get to hold her again. The drive to the hospital with my mom was really, really scary because I didn't know what I was going to see um, once I got to the hospital. I didn't know what I was going to hear. I just knew that I immediately had to get there to see how Danny was doing. It was so scary because this was, this was one of my best friends. I didn't know if she was going to make it, and if she did make it, I didn't know how she was going to be, if she was going to be the same person. I met Danny on the first day of uh, freshman orientation at Susquehanna University. One of the first things that I noticed about her was that she was just a really kind-hearted, genuine person, and she had a great personality, and she was just as enthusiastic about college as I was, so I knew that we would get along really well. A couple months into freshman year, a mutual friend introduced Danny to Dan Zapp. She met up with him for dinner, and they had a lot to talk about, and she just, she just really felt like she had a lot of chemistry with this person. And she couldn't wait till the next time they met up. I didn't know how something like this could have happened. I couldn't imagine who would want to do this to the two of them. We saw Danny's mom there in the hospital. She told us all of the details of the injuries. My first reaction was that the two of them were not going to make it. I thought that they, that the shot to each of their heads would, would kill them. The most extensive injury on the female patient involved the right lower jaw. The bones were shattered in so many pieces that it looked like Rice Krispies. We noticed tremendous facial swelling. The patient's face and head were almost the size of a bowling ball. The feeling that I had when I first saw Danny uh, in that condition was, uh, was this sense of, of um, helplessness. I, as her dad, uh, I couldn't fix the problem for that uh, the dads like to do. And then knowing that my innocent sweet daughter was laying there in that condition and, you know, asking why. 
course, at time, and nobody had an answer. The brutality of this crime is, is beyond explanation. How do you victimize two innocent people, kidnap them, terrorize them, uh, sexually assault the female victim, then shoot them in the head, push them into a river, and, and leave them for dead? I think everyone was just shocked. Everyone was angry. Everyone was upset. We need to get this guy, and we need to get him now. Being a father of uh, two daughters of the same age, I was uh, deeply concerned about this case. I told the mother that we would do everything we could, uh, humanly possible, to identify who this was and bring him to justice. This was quite an undertaking, the fact that we had so much area, so much riverfront to uh, explore and look for a crime scene. We were walking pretty much shoulder to shoulder, looking down at the, uh, the ground in front of us. And within minutes, I came across a large pool of blood that was about three foot up from the water's edge. And as I looked down into the water, I saw about three shell casings from a nine millimeter handgun in there. The clock was running, and we needed to, to get as much information as we could. I was assigned to go down to York Hospital to an attempt an interview with Daniel and or Danielle. Unfortunately, Danny was in an induced coma, so we were unable to interview her. We learned that Dan was awake uh, and that we needed to interview him as soon as possible. Dan's wounds at this point were very serious. The male's medical condition was critical. They were very concerned a blood clot could form and cut the blood supply to the brain. He was in pain. Uh, any kind of movement that he would make uh, was, was very painful for him, but he was eager to, to help us. And being that Dan was unable to speak because he was on a respirator, we got a notepad from the hospital um, and a pen, and uh, we gave that to Dan, and then we proceeded to ask him questions about the description of the suspect. Dan described the perpetrator as being a white male, 35 to 45 years of age, very drunk, blonde hair, he had a brown hat, blue jeans, and black Nike high-top sneakers. He described the weapon as a black semi-automatic pistol, and the dog, of course, uh, this black Rottweiler named Sam. Dan was able to provide us with information regarding the, the vehicle as being a beat-up red pickup truck with a uh, white or gray cap. He described items in the back to include a toolbox and an aluminum baseball bat. We were looking for a violent person, someone with knowledge of the area, and this dog. As we started talking with local investigators from surrounding agencies, Mr. Babner's name came up. His record entailed uh, run-ins with, with police involving alcohol, domestic violence, altercations between himself and others, and he did have a raw water. So it was decided that a photo lineup would be constructed in, to include a photograph of Mr. Babner. I then took that photo lineup down to Dan, and I asked him, you know, can you help me? And as I had the pictures in my hand, and I'm laying them down in front of him, and Dan's watching as I'm putting the pictures down, and as I get to Mr. Badmer's picture, there was an instant reaction in his face uh, of pure horror. Um, 
His pupil dilated, his one eye was swelled shut, but his, his, his other eye, I mean, I just, bam, I saw his pupil go, and he immediately just started hitting the picture. He's hitting it, he's hitting it, he's hitting it on the table. And I said, Dan, is that the man? He said, yes, it's him. And uh, I said, are you sure? He said, yes. And he's definitely, and he's hitting that. And uh, I looked at him and I said, Dan, we're gonna go get him. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug, ignored a leaky faucet, pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next, because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. When I was in the hospital, I had one hallucination after the other because of the pain meds. I was flipping out, I was so scared, um, and the nurses had to come in and calm me down. At one point, I was seeing bloody images everywhere. I saw like a, a woman hanging with blood running down her face. It was like blood was everywhere. She would write down on the paper or draw what she saw, floating bodies in the air, bloody faces. It was hard to sit there and again, not be able to help only to comfort her in the best way that I could by holding her hand. I couldn't fight all those demons that she was having inside of her at the time, but I tried. I notified everybody that, you know, we had a positive identification on the suspect. The problem was, was we didn't know where he was. We looked for him at known associates, houses, residences, anywhere we could possibly find him. We were unable to locate him. It was late, we'd been working all day. We broke, I went home, <laughs> took my gun off, took my badge off. I remember I was climbing into bed and my pager went off. It was to uh, uh, Chief County Detective, I called him and he said, we found the truck, get back in here. I had a phone call saying that they were activating the QRT team. The quick response team, which is another word for a SWAT team, is utilized for barricaded gunmen, hostage rescue, and high-risk warrants. This was a special type of criminal, a very, very violent one. We didn't know if he was armed for sure, but we assumed that he still had the weapons that he used to commit this crime. He shot two people in cold blood. We weren't going to take that chance that he threw those guns away. We discovered that William Babner was staying at his girlfriend's house. By the time we arrived, it was around midnight. We deployed the team and, and were set up about a house away. We were in the alley. 
sort of in the shadows, crouched down, hiding. Snipers were set up to cover the front of the house. Sometime early in the morning, a female left the residence and she gave a whole bunch of information about who was left in that apartment. It was learned that at around 8 o'clock in the morning, Mr. Badmer's girlfriend's youngest child would be coming out to get on a bus. The plan was that once that child got on the bus and that bus started taking off down the road, that we were to assault. We're hearing the snipers looking down at them. Okay, we have uh, an open door. There's a child. There's a man. Yes, it's Babner. He's in the door. We're still waiting, and we're, we're hearing the child's going down the stairs. The child's getting on the bus. Go, go, go. I was about the third man through the door. I grabbed him, and I was yelling, let me see your hands, let me see your hands, and get down to the ground, get down, get down, and physically took him and knocked him to the ground. We cuffed him, and then that was it. He was shocked. It's not every day that um, you can say you put your hands on a, on a monster, and that's what I did that day. During the execution of the search warrant, all this stuff that Dan had seen was there. We found the black Nike high-top sneakers, blue jeans, the shirt, the hat, as well as the firearm. And uh, to no surprise to us, um, Sam was just as Dan had described it. Dan's recollection was just outstanding. You know, we have the who, what, when, where, and how, but not a why. Um, and, you know, I don't think we'll ever know the why. After Babner was captured, I had a big sigh of relief, but I knew our job was just beginning then. We had to hope for the best for the two kids and that they'd be able to come to the trial and testify against him. So I still wasn't sure of the uh, conditions of either one of them. When I was in the hospital, they put me in an induced coma. While I was in the induced coma, they sewed my tongue. My jaw had been shattered, so they added a plate in my jaw. So when I woke up, I had a tracheotomy, so I had a, a tube coming out of there. I had a stomach tube when I woke up. I mean, I was bandaged and swollen. Like, my jaw was, like, out to here. You know, my mouth was wired shut. My teeth were all dirty, like there was dirt in my teeth. And when I looked at myself in the mirror, you know, it was only, you know, from here on up. But when I looked at myself, I started to cry. I hated what I saw. That first picture that Dan and I ever took together of me and him in my car, it was like right next to me on the bed. I, I knew, I, I remember watching Dan walk out of the river, but I didn't know what had happened to him since then. I really had this feeling that he had died, that he did not make it. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. When I woke up from the hospital, I kept asking my family, you know, where's Dan? How's he doing? And my family kept saying, you know, he's alive. He's doing really well. He's right down the hall from you. And I did not believe them. I thought that he had died. And so he wrote me a note and it said, I love you, I'm okay. And after I saw that, I knew, um, I knew that he was alive. I knew that he made it. I never had any idea how close I was um, to, to dying even after I had been back at the hospital. The bullet entered back here. There's a tiny lump behind my ear. And it went straight through, through my windpipe and out of my jaw and it exited over here. It wasn't until much later that I heard how the bullet had chipped one of my vertebrae, how the bullet had passed straight through my windpipe. You know, if the bullet would have uh, been another inch or a few millimeters closer to my vertebrae, I could be dead or paralyzed. When I saw the picture the first time, I was scared at first to see his face again, but I was extremely excited, just extremely relieved that I had found him. I knew that this was him. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was the guy who had shot us. And whether he admitted it or not, these are things that he had done, and he was going to have to pay for them. Nobody wanted to take this case to trial. And we certainly didn't want to have Dan and Danielle go through this experience, but he left us no choice. He just wouldn't admit his guilt. He wanted his day in court for whatever bizarre and sick reason, and he got it. Danielle and Dan were both very emotional before the preliminary hearing when they entered the courtroom for the first time. We just tried to tell them they were going to be safe. He could do nothing further to harm them. I was terrified to see him again. I mean, he was a monster to me. I did not want to be in the same room with him. I felt just full of fear again. You know, that face had just instilled so much panic inside of me. Babner did not testify at trial. I don't recall him calling any witnesses. He, he had nothing. He had nothing but his arrogance. He just sat there, and it was almost like he either wanted to have Dan and Danielle relive this by recounting what happened in a public forum, or he just frankly didn't care. When Dan and Danielle were testifying at trial, it was completely silent in the courtroom. You could have heard a pin drop. When I was up there on the stand, I mean, there were times where I had to break down. I mean, I, they, they had to show me you know, all the evidence so I could point out. I mean, they showed me the clothes that were 
cut off of me. So it was the first time seeing that. Uh, and there was like mud splattered all over them. You know, the gun, is this what the gun looked like? It was a really hard experience, you know, to sit there and, and share that with everybody. And I knew that, you know, my family was sitting there. So I knew like all the details I was sharing, especially about the rape, my family was hearing it too. The amount of courage that Danielle showed during that trial was unbelievable because she had to tell total strangers some of the most intimate details that she could ever possibly have to relate to anyone. Dan saw the crime from a different perspective than Danielle, so the, the, the jury was very interested in what Dan had to say. I was trying to come up with any plan to get us out of that situation. And I started to try to plead with him. And I said, you know, sir, I, I'll give you anything you want if you just let us go. He just told me to shut up. He said, shut up. I don't want to hear it from you. At some point, I realized that they're starting to move around up front. I realized that, that he's raping her. That was really hard to know that something that terrible was happening to someone that I cared about. And I was that close, but I couldn't, there was nothing I could do about it. After he had raped Danielle, he motioned with the gun and he said, walk down there. You know, walk down by the river. The real gravity of the situation started to hit me. I started to realize that I'm going to die today. That no matter what, I try to do, this man is going to kill me, and today is going to be the last day of my life. And all of a sudden, I just felt this tremendous force, this impact that just hit me and, and knocked me right to the ground, and it was so sudden, and it was so powerful that my mind couldn't even catch up to it. I didn't, I wasn't even sure what had happened until I hit the ground. I didn't even know that I'd been shot. And I was just sort of laying there looking at the dirt and I realized that there's like blood coming out of my mouth. I started to get really cold and I started to get really tired very fast. And she kneeled down and she was obviously upset and I just said to her, I said, Danny, I'm sorry, I have to go now. And the next thing that I remember is this feeling of being rolled, of my body like sort of turning end over end. And then all of a sudden, this shock of, of cold, of like freezing cold as I hit the water. And so I just started to like float in the water and sort of drift downstream with the current. It was right around that point that I noticed that Danny was right there too. I don't know what I would have done if Dan was not there. Dan was my lifesaver in that river. I remember at one point our hands separated from each other and I could not move on my own. And Dan, you know, he, he felt my hand slip from his and he turned back around and he swam back out and he grabbed me and he pulled me to shore. I do not believe I would have survived without him. Dan will never admit this, but he truly is the hero of the entire case. He was constantly thinking he was constantly encouraging. Without Dan, Babner has no face and is not apprehended. You know, without Dan, Danielle isn't able to 
swim in the water and kept both of them alive. It's still tough. I still don't consider myself a hero in any sense. Um, but I'm glad I was there. And I'm glad that, you know, if me, if, uh, if me being there meant that, you know, she survived, then I'd do, I'd do it again. I'd do it a thousand times. When the verdict came, I remember sitting next to Dan, and I was holding on to Dan's hand, and he was uh, charged guilty on all accounts, you know, on everything that he was charged with. I mean, I just remember afterwards, like, this flood of relief just going through me. William Babner was convicted of two counts of attempted murder, two counts of kidnapping, one count of robbery, three counts of involuntary deviate sexual intercourse, one count of rape. His sentence was 117 and a half to 235 years in a state correctional institution. William Babner is the face of evil. Next time Babner is going to get out of prison, he's going to be in a box. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Danielle and I stayed in touch after the incident and we tried to talk um, occasionally, um, but our relationship wasn't anything like it was before. It was like every time that I talked to her, I had to bring up the past all over again. I had to think about all the things that I thought I had done wrong, all the ways that I couldn't save her and I couldn't get us both out of that situation. And I, most of the time, I couldn't stand it. And over a period of time, I started to pull further and further away. Transitioning back to being at college was really hard for me. I really struggled with being around men that were strangers to me. But at first, she was a little withdrawn. You know, she, she was very scared. Um, she didn't want to walk alone at night. She did have a lot of nightmares. And um, it, was, it was upsetting for all of us because we really wanted to help her. And we really, we didn't want her to be scared or sad, but 
with the circumstances, there really wasn't any other way. That's, you know, that's how she was. I, I knew though in the back of my mind that there was still a lot that I had to do personally in order to, again, feel as though I could, you know, live again. Four months after Babner was convicted, we had Take Back the Night on the Susquehanna University campus. And uh, what Take Back the Night is, is a rally against rape. Um, everybody can attend and they can get up and speak about their experience with rape or violence. And I saw all these brave women, you know, walk up to the microphone and just share, you know, I'm a rape survivor and share parts of their story. It was just so inspiring and so empowering that they had a voice that they were able to share. There was about 10 minutes of silence. Nobody was getting up to speak and Danny got up to speak and we knew that she was gonna tell the whole story and we knew that she was gonna share this with everybody. And that was probably the most emotional um, moment for all of us because you could kind of see the bravery in Danny and the growth that she was making and how strong she was. She just got up there and she told the whole story and um, it just really moved everyone and it really moved all of us. And we were, we were so proud of her. We were really, really proud of her. I just, I felt so much power and so much strength and a part of what I felt he had taken from me, I was able to, to pull back and say, you know what, he may have taken, you know, a few things, but there's so much that he didn't take, that he couldn't touch. And that is what makes me who I am. I think that it took me a lot longer than it should have to get to a more comfortable place in dealing with the incident and talking about it and looking at it from a healthy perspective. I knew that <clears throat> I should be getting therapy, you know, I should be dealing with it. I just really didn't want to. I wanted to try to ignore it and just hope that eventually it went away. In the last eight years, I feel like I've grown up a, a whole lot. Regarding the incident, my perspective has almost entirely changed. Danielle and I really reconnected over the past couple of years. We've really started our relationship over from where it kind of ended, and we're really close now, and I consider her a great friend. Dan met um, an amazing woman at college uh, who has been such a great companion for him. <laughs> She has definitely helped him to get to that next level in his own survival and healing. They got married in 2007. I feel like everything's kind of going in the direction that I always wanted it to go. And I'm just really happy for everything that I have right now. In spring of junior year, I introduced Kevin McGuire to Danny. and they connected instantly and dated, fell in love, 
and he proposed to her just, just a couple years later. The police chief and the men who uh, rescued Dan and Danny, including the duck hunter, were all guests at the wedding as well. Danny looks absolutely wonderful. She is just doing great and uh, looking great and uh, extremely proud of her. I'm so happy that I have made it to where I am today. The gratefulness that I have for my beautiful baby girl and the husband that I have. I don't have to think about what happened to me every day. It doesn't define me anymore. I have learned how to make it a part of who I am, but it has made me a better person. Danielle and I are forever entwined. That's like a connection that no one can ever take away from us. She's always going to be a part of my life. It's as those like, our souls are almost connected. He will be a part of my life forever. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus.